welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose. And I just would like to start off by saying, uh, how how are we doing? How is everyone feeling out there? We we have a couple new listeners, and we almost have enough of us to start a cult. Um, I mean, I haven't decided yet if I want to start a cult or join someone else's, but we're we're getting to the point soon where we can have uh, where we have enough of us that we can just you know, take to the hills and figure it out from there. We have a great episode lined up here at Whole Thing Industries. I'm like, who's we? I do. Me and my little apartment and my overheating laptop. Like that's the royal we that I'm talking about here. We've got Sophie Ross, uh, who you may have heard her on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey every Monday. She has her own podcast, So True is Sophie Ross, and just a prolific presence on Twitter. And if this episode had to have an alternate title, it would be in defense of strong women. Uh, because Sophie's here just saying what all of us are thinking or writing in our group chats and she gets celebrated for it and also roasted unfairly. So we're here to say, no, ma'am, not today. We also get into the attention on women's voices, which everybody, everybody who's a woman podcasting is aware of. Uh, we all receive these comments about our voices that disproportionately fall on us. And it's, I'm glad we get into it because it's something that I think about it a lot. One of the best um, case studies that I think for this is Beyond the Blinds, which we all know and love, but it's hosted by Kelly and Troy. And Kelly gets so much more criticism about her voice and the way she sounds and the way she talks than Troy. And it's like, you know, we're held to a, a, a different standard for the way that we talk. So we're going to, we're going to talk about it as always. There's timestamps in the show notes. So you can always jump around topics. Um, before we get into the show, I just have to say, so this week on Wednesday on the Patreon, we've got Meredith Lynch back to talk about Brad Pitt's latest scandal. I'm not even going to get into that here. It's salacious and and uh, frankly, I'm too fragile for that today. <laughs> I'm recording this intro Sunday and I'm just really trying to keep it uh, together. So that's going to be on the Patreon. For those of you who are new here, I have an extra episode every week on Wednesday on the Patreon. It's $5 a month. And yeah, for the low, low price of $5 a month, you get a slightly more unhinged after hours version of me. I kind of like to think of the Patreon as like the when you're sitting on the floor of a party when most people have left and it's like 3 a.m. You get into those like good, juicy conversations. So that's that. And one more thing before I get into the episode, I have a request of you guys. I would... I would like to ask for some help here. So I'm going to break it down. Basically, I'm putting this out to the podcast universe. I am looking for someone who can help with the pod. So I've had the podcast up and running for about, about six or seven months now. Everything that I have learned, I have learned from the Google machine. <laughs> I've just been figuring it out piece by piece. And it's been a little messy and you guys have been delightfully patient with me, but mom is tired. <laughs> like I need some help here with editing. So it would be someone who ideally knows how to work audio software, can edit one or two episodes a week. Someone who's ideally also freelancing in media, who kind of understands the business and also is just a listener here. So you kind of know what I'm about. It would be great too, if I could just get some help with like reaching out to guests, corresponding with them, that sort of thing. And partly helping me with what I don't know. Part of why I was even hesitant to ask for help in the first place was because I was like, I know so little about this whole world that I don't even know what I'm doing wrong or right, you know. I've taken on a little more than I can chew. Uh, I've bitten off more than I can chew. I've taken on. I've, I'm taking, I'm biting, like I'm piled on with more things than there are hours in the day. So yeah, reach out. You can email me, Emily at it's become a whole thing.com. And that is my humble request. If any of you um, are freelancers and that sounds like something that you would be up to. And so, yeah, other than that, um, 
if you don't have those skills, that's okay. You can also help me with my constant quest and thirst for external validation by hitting this podcast with a five-star review, with a with a subscribe, download the episode, all those things. And I don't know, if you have any podcasts that you listen to where the hosts are not as thirsty as I am, uh, just know that doing those things for them will help them a lot too, just across the board. So that's enough chit chat. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, and we're back with Sophie Ross, writer, podcaster, extraordinaire, Twitter presence, I want to say, to say the least. Sophie, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for for joining in this uh, lovely, chaotic podcast. <laughs> I know. So it's like we've had some technical difficulties, mostly my fault, because I like can't find the cord to my mic. I can't find any headphones that are working. So I'm just like raw dogging it right now. And also, if you haven't listened to me on a podcast before, you might be like, what is up with her vocal fry? You'll get used to it. It's just the way I talk. So here I am. Okay. You must know that when I say (laughs) chaotic, I'm speaking purely from me and who I am as a person. Um, But if anyone's been listening for even probably (laughs) an episode, a few minutes of an episode, you probably already figured that out. But in terms of the whole like vocal private all and just commenting on people's voices, it only happens to women. Like it really is something that it's so rare that that type of comment is put on men. And I think anyone who's just really bothered by that type of thing really needs to think about what it is that's bothering them and why they're not directing that towards all the annoying ass dude podcasters out there and their stupid voices. Yep. And it's funny because like, I had always been told, like, I sound like I'm from California. I'm from Ohio. This is like just the way I talk. I don't know why I talk like this. And I remember, you remember the Chainsmokers song that was like, let me take a selfie. That like came out when I was in college and everyone was like, oh my God, it literally sounds like you. And I was like, she's so annoying. Like, what do you mean? That's so rude. And every time I went on podcasts, people would be like, I like her, but her vocal fry. And I thought I like got over it. I was like, you know, people are used to it by now. It's like, like not a big deal. And then someone commented on Ryan. I go on Ryan Bailey's podcast every single Monday And he has started uploading YouTube videos. And one of the comments the other day was like, I just can't take Sophie's vocal fry. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. It's just how I talk. But yeah, I agree. It's just, this is only ever directed at women. And it is what it is. I don't know what to say. Everyone needs to get over themselves because it it really just comes down to the fact that we're just so primed to be hypercritical of women. And that goes for also like as women towards ourselves where let's let's redirect that I mean also I mean I'm on TikTok so I'm used to people comment on my voice my appearance uh everything you know everything so I have gotten used to that but even just in terms of like on the topic of like things that you know the girls gays and theys are more primed to do saying like a lot things like that I I was reading an article which is my new way of saying I was watching a TikTok um (laughs) by but it was it was a linguistics professor who was talking about how that was something that women have partly developed as a way of coping with the fact that they always get interrupted and cut off and so it's like this way of filling the silence so that you're not interrupted when you're just pausing to think for a second and I thought that makes perfect sense. That is so fascinating. And in my full-time job, I do work with a lot of straight men and I have noticed it so much more in this role because I worked with mostly women in a lot of my previous jobs. So I didn't notice it as much, but now like working with men, I'm like, you do interrupt me mid-sentence and it's really freaking annoying and they like don't even realize it. So that actually is like a fascinating insight and I believe it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know I I come down hard on the men folk of the world, but at the same time, like uh, some of it's well-intentioned, well-meaning, but doesn't make it any less fucking annoying. So it made me feel better about my own damaring and the like this, like that, but it's something that I, I don't know anything that we write off because we associate it with being ditzy or like, you know, cause that's the whole vocal fry thing is people they like will say it's like it sounds airheady or ditzy it's like well also 
once again, same with everything that I enjoy, all the pop culture trash I love, all the pop music I listen to, you know, it all just like, it's all in the same ball of wax to me of just like, let us, let us live, let us, yeah. <laughs> let us talk, let me talk, enjoy our things, etc. So yeah. Yep. I totally agree. And that's something people are like, I thought she would be an airhead based on how she spoke. And then I listened to her talk and it's like, can't we just start doing that from the get-go? Like listen to the contents of what someone is saying and not the way that they're talking and judging them based off what they're actually saying. I don't know. I love how this turned into like a little rant. Thank you for ranting with me. (laughs) Well, I'm living my best ADHD life and everything turns into a side rant within side rants. So ADHD hive, rise up. I know that I have listeners that are not neurodivergent. I love you guys. But I also know that I have a lot of neurodivergent listeners who are part of the like ADHD and et cetera gang. And so it's both to my detriment and also positive because it's like, you know, my side rants sometimes end up being more interesting than the content itself. Also, this is not the economist podcast. Like this is, we're not trying to be (laughs) adhering to some kind of like rigid structure. Not like a scripted, highly produced, like no, I feel like the side rants, the ADHD rants, which again, it's like, I am part of that gang. It's just, you know, it comes with the package. Well, it's what makes us creative and interesting. And also this podcast wouldn't exist without it for me personally, because the way that I get fixated on random topics, like I cannot stop. I really, really cannot stop. And so thank God I have a platform right now and I can kind of leave some of my friends alone instead of texting them at all hours about like random things about, you know, Khloe Kardashian or whatever. Like I can just put those thoughts out (laughs) too Mm -hmm. because it it just, it cannot be contained. No, and I'm the exact same way. I've had to explain that, that like a symptom of ADHD is falling into rabbit holes and getting like obsessed with something. Like I'm the exact same way. I'm on Bama Rush obsession mode. So once I pulled my head out of that and I, I thought I was winding down because I made, I think oh, somewhere between 10 and 15 or 15 videos on it. And I was getting people's stories and I was talking to people in DMs and over email. And I really just doing, doing my research when I had a whole bunch of other things to do for my like <laughs> work work. And I thought I was winding down, but then I found out about all these secret societies that, that exist within these universities, but then spill out towards like local governments. And so now I'm like, okay, well, I guess now this is turning into a secret society hyperfixation. But actually I had a comment yesterday that was like someone from Alabama and she's like, I'm, I'm from here and I, I'm just really uncomfortable, like not able to understand why you're so um, laser focused on us. And I was just like, <laughs> unfortunately this is how my brain works it, soon it'll probably be over and then I'll have forgotten and moved on to the next shiny object yeah. but but yeah <laughs> Bama Rush is like what's captivated like everyone for several years now this time of year they're even making a documentary about it like there isn't like another school whose rush is like this big of a deal on TikTok or whatever it is but yeah and also because I think that a lot of it epitomizes kind of like the America that we see like as outsiders that we see on TV or in movies like this, almost like hyper real Americana that doesn't really exist in real life in that many places, but uh, there it, it is real. It's real and like kind of equally engrossing, a little terrifying. Like it's just, yeah, most of us are captivated. So I wish I had more insights on Bama Rush, but I'm like, not huge into TikTok, which I actually have recently hired someone. It was funny because when I was on Ryan's podcast, he was like, I noticed you uploaded a TikTok. And I was like, I am so bad at TikTok. I cannot figure out this app. I need a Gen Z person based in New York to train me and help me with TikTok. And a Gen Z, she's helping me with TikTok. Oh, but that's good because that's what you need. I mean, for me, I had to move home during the pandemic and I was like one of the early adopters within the like millennial sphere. Good for you. uh, I mean, I was just 
living with my parents during an incredibly, you know, when I couldn't like leave the house. So I, I had to, <laughs> it was like that. I was too, but I didn't think to early adopt on a social media platform that's now making people a lot of money. Like that's no, but, really great of you. Great thinking. I, I was scrolling. Like I wasn't even, no, no, I was not posting. I was just scrolling. I don't even, I don't think I should be congratulated for like the hours that I thought it was wasted at the time, but now it's actually kind of become my career. So but yeah, if you ever need tips and tricks, I, I actually now I'm at the point where I work with brands and I and I talk them through the whole TikTok of it all. I'm not Gen Z, but I've spent enough time adjacent to them on TikTok. I'm obsessed with them. Um, I think they're so funny and like I'm learning all the time. So my new thing that I learned this week is something they call the millennial pause. And it's when (laughs) you go to do a video and instead of talking right away, you pause and stare into the camera because you're not sure if it started yet. And then you start talking. They're like, this is so embarrassing. Look at what millennial, it's the millennial pause. Are, are Zoomers like so technologically advanced that they just know right away that it's recording? Like, so Zoomers don't deal with that. It's just millennials. It's not even, I would say, to do as much with technology as more just like them picking out little things like saying doggo or liking Harry Potter or like pausing little habits that we have that they just roast us for. Like, it's just, it's just about being like, we're young and cool. You guys are losers. (laughs) Like we're laughing at you. So you know what's funny though? And I tweeted this once I was like, millennials have always been, and will always be like the main character of the planet. Everyone has always talked about millennials for as long as we've been alive and will always be obsessed with millennials. That's why boomers can't stand us. Gen X, no one cares about Gen X. No one really mentions them. And then Gen Z gets like, you know, they try to get competitive with us. It's like, okay. Well, I take it personally. I do. I'm like, I'm like, I enjoy, enjoy this, this planet in 30 years. Like, I don't take it personally in my reaction is like, I double down into how incredible we are part. Like it's like my God complex like kicks in. And I'm like, my argument is that millennials are the greatest generation and always will be because we're the last generation to ever know life before social media. But we, yes! also, but we also, but we also grew up with technology enough that we like know how to like attach <laughs> like documents. to I, I always say that, that I'm so happy that we got to grow up before Instagram So I went through high school, college without Instagram, Facebook. It was like, Facebook wasn't toxic. It was just like, here's my photo album. But like, I feel like Instagram is so toxic. Even TikTok is very toxic. Even like Twitter. I have a couple Gen Z cousins. And I was talking to my aunt and she said that kids in high school now are like more depressed than they've ever been like in history. I, okay, so I hear this and I'm actually not sure if it's true simply because of the fact that like for me in my millennial existence like the way that we talked about mental health in like the 2000s was like you're crazy or you're not like or it'd be like oh you're emo that was like the most the closest we got to being like hey maybe you're depressed and like need to be on meds like I (laughs) it's like I I mean I definitely was dealing with like depression all whatever like all the all the little things it wasn't it just wasn't a thing that was like managed and now I feel like it's so obvious but like I do think that being online a lot makes people upset but like they also get to find their weird little uh communities like if you're part of some weird subculture you can find a group and connect with them like across the world we couldn't do that so like I see the the advantages and disadvantages Uh but I've been doing so on the podcast here I've been doing a lot of deep dives into kind of like stars that were big during the 2000s like child stars but also just like even Nicole Richie last week like things like that and just thinking about how obvious it was that they were just all going through really deep struggles but we were like they're a skank and like oh my god they're partying they're crazy slut like that's that was how we wrote it off not like oh maybe they experienced trauma (laughs) like right maybe they're dealing with like serious mental health issues like (laughs) yeah maybe maybe it's you people that are also calling them like fat and disgusting every day that like are also contributing to that and like them going and like 
you know, partying every night. It's changed so much that I even forgot, but I've been reminded by like doing this research into these stars. I think that my issue is that like I, when I'm on, I actually talked to my therapist about this the other day about how social media just like, I cannot help but compare myself. And I always think about, I'm like, before social media, you could just like live life and not know what everyone is up to or not know what you're missing out on. And I feel like that's what actually like sucks for me is that I just compare myself. And my therapist is like, it actually would be like really good for you to just like go days, like delete Instagram for days at a time. And I was like, that actually would be great for me. But also it's like, how do I like keep up with like, you know, I have to promote my work sometimes and like keep up with pop culture. So it's like, it's such a toxic cycle, but I feel like that's my biggest issue. And that's, I feel like probably an issue for like young people these days. I don't know. You make great points too, about how like people can find their people like on. And I feel like even with like Twitter, like I feel like I found my people on Twitter that love like talking about Caroline Calloway, even like Bravo, like Real Housewives, because people in my life like do not care about those things like I do. So it's like I found my people on Twitter that love these things too. It's all just like scary to think about. And I also was like telling my friend, me and my friend were both talking about how social media has been making us depressed. And we're like, it would be so nice to just be like churning butter, you know, like in like the 17, 1800s. Like that would be nice. I, okay, this is where I'm just like, I think that I have never like disentangled myself from this like teenage rebellion mode because it's like, I have this thing where it's like, unless I'm, I mean, if I'm, if I'm ethically against a concept, I'll, you know, I'll take in that feedback. But if it's something that's like something like this, like, oh, social media is bad. Millennials suck. Like I, I'm like, well, I'm different. Like not, not consciously, but I think on a subconscious level, I'm like, I'm not like the other girls. Like you're so contrarian. Yeah. Like I'm different. Like, no, but the more people fight against the, the the very common and scientifically proven fact, like social media is bad for us. It's like, I lean the other way where I'm just like, but I don't want to be churning butter stuck at home and having my like farmer husband come home and like, you know, smack me around and like, have me just like pump out my 17th baby. Like that's what I see. And so I'm just like, like every time I see like on TikTok, the Gen Z kids doing these like crazy activist things that I would have never even considered. I'm like, yes, like this makes me feel better about my life that like they're going to save the world. I think I can also like hop on and talk about my really incongruous specific interests. And there's like enough people that they're like, yes, I also am interested in mycology and the Kardashians and want to talk about them both in the same video. (laughs) That's a good way of looking at it. We just get bad news also all the time, like on social media. And I'm like, our like brains aren't meant to like hear about every tragedy and atrocity across the globe all the time at once. So I do think about, you know, even if I were getting smacked around by my husband or he was getting shipped (laughs) off to war and I was... (laughs) Well, ship yeah. up to war was the best case scenario, probably for that time. That's true, <laughs> best case scenario. I'm like, at least I don't know about everything that's happening, and I can just like, th- I'm like, this is it. This is this is all there is. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, see, I can see both sides of it. Like, I yeah, feel yeah, like it's course. like it's it's a complex matter. I feel like it also depends on your personality, because I feel like for me, I'm like that probably just like my personality is not great for being on social media like all the time lately like I need to be outside and I need to stop like thinking about what everyone else is doing and just like focus on my life oh yeah I would probably be better for that yeah I say that I say that as I literally obsess over celebrities every second of my life like why don't I just go outside and touch grass and like focus on me and it's like no I'm not gonna do that like who am I kidding I used to touch grass every day. I used to live in the mountains out West. Um, and it was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I've carved out this happiness. That's like of a completely different variety where I'm like in my little gremlin cave with my takeout and like scrolling through like celebrity stuff. (laughs) But like, this is why, this is why we're here. Like we're here to like embrace our multitudes. We can have like all these truths at the same time. Like I, I just love these differing thoughts. Like I'm never here to preach to the choir ultimately. Like I was just talking to Ryan about how like, you know, when like celebrities die and it's like root and people make like artwork, they're like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Kobe Bryant, like 
playing poker up in heaven right now. It's like, if I were in heaven, the last thing I would be wanting to do is like making small talk and hanging out with people. I would literally go up to my room in heaven and be scrolling on my phone. Like that would be heaven for me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's true yeah I would have yeah I would have my infinite snacks and and like doom scroll but without the doom part there better be DoorDash in heaven or like what do you have in Canada like DoorDash seamless yeah 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 we have we have all those things we have we have uh, oh no what wait no we don't have DoorDash we have like Uber Eats and like skip the dishes we 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 have people that will bring food to us skips the dishes oh yeah is that a Canadian thing I've never heard of that, but I'm obsessed with the name. Skip oh, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it Like, we have ways for people to bring us food, um, which, like, I... <laughs> Something that I've seen you do, like, on, whether it's on the podcast, on Twitter, on your Substack, like, you call people the fuck out, and I love it. Like, I really live for it because that is how I think... And what I say to friends and what I, what we're all saying in the group chats and you take those group chat thoughts and you just blast them out to your very large Twitter following. And it often reaches the celebrity themselves. And I see this fallout sometimes. I I mean, I've seen like wild successes and then also sometimes like celebrities responding, like we'll get into all that, but I just like this going back to our conversation about like um, people getting upset about women's voices the only thing they get more upset about than women's voices are like women with strong opinions and so I'm like yes Sophie like get them say it for all of us who are too sensitive to deal with like the backlash from saying these things so I wanted to talk about just some call outs that you've done what what has come of it you know what's funny is that literally everyone says that to me like whenever I've gone on someone's podcast they're just like you do not give a fuck And I'm like, no, I do. But I I do just have these opinions that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to share my opinion. Like, I think that I do have, you know, I am very opinionated. Actually, we were talking about it today at work about how I'm an Aries and I'm very Aries-like. because Just about to say, are you a fire sign? Because this is like the fire sign energy. Like, I have thoughts, but I am a Scorpio sun. And so my thoughts like... Oh, you're more like, you're just a water sign. You're a little... Well, I'll have thoughts, but I'm like, uh, they'll burn beneath the surface. Like, but... I love the fire sign energy of like, I'm speaking before I'm even thinking about the Uh consequences or anything else. Like we need that in the world. So yeah, on behalf of all of us that have thoughts, but are too much of a wimp to like deal with everyone getting pissed off unfairly might I mention because everyone is having these thoughts, whether it's your opinion specifically, everyone is having this intense of like a thought about something in pop culture or some sort of event they just need to see that within themselves anyhow um that's my little spiel but um so yeah the first one that comes to mind is christine quinn (laughs) you beefed with christine quinn from selling sunset yeah so yeah this was like a controversial one but honestly i do not feel bad and i may or may not stand by it i don't know like at this point, like so much time has passed that it's just like, whatever. But um, basically there were these rumors going around that Christine may have faked her pregnancy on Selling Sunset, which is like an awful thing to accuse someone someone of, but it was like just all over Reddit. It was all over the internet. So I was like, I basically just tweeted like, the streets are saying this about Christine Like, here is why people think it. And on the show, it was so bizarre how she was, like, walking around in stilettos two seconds after getting an emergency C-section. And people were like, that's just, like, not possible. Well, and and partying, like, the next day. Right. And, like, okay, just pause for a second for any listeners. Like, I also, like, also, like, just in a post-Roe v. Wade world, like, take something that's, like, a source of pain and like suffering for a lot of women and can just kind of like fan the flames but like celebrities are not regular people okay they're like people that get paid millions of dollars to like run around and like act like a character and I'm not just talking about actors I'm also talking about reality stars because we all know like selling sunset isn't real they're paid to put on this big performance and they only get paid if we talk about it so like that is why what my neighbor is doing is like none of my business but like Christine Quinn, that is a different story. It just is. Yep. And I also didn't even tag her. 
but yeah, she thrives off negative attention. I like didn't even tag her. Like she was like name searching herself. And <laughs> um, yeah, like not surprising to anyone who's watched the show. And she's also just an awful person on the show. Like I think that she has zero redeeming qualities, which is why I also hate the fact that she's like had this like fashion industry renaissance. And she announced she's leaving Selling Sunset, but she still wants, she like wants to be like in the fashion world. I'm just like, go away. Like she's like a gaslighter. She's a horrible person. And I think that even if like I, a lot of people are like, but she like owns up to being a bad person. Like she doesn't like try to be something she's not. I'm like that doesn't make it better. It's super, super common behavior on reality TV to just basically yeah, be a horrible human say horrible things and then be like, I'm being honest. You can't, yep. that's not how that, that works. That's not, you cannot just say whatever the, fu- whatever the fuck you want. And then be like, well, I'm being honest. It's like, and I'll blame it on like producers or like manipulation, which she has done, which also in these interviews, like call her daddy, where she was like blaming the producers and stuff. She was like lying during that interview. Like, I can't remember now, but there were so many things that I poked holes in that she yeah. was saying that I was like, that's not true. The thing that I respect is people, if they own up to being like, yeah, I'm a horrible, yeah, I am a horrible person. Like, or I'm trash. Like, I mean, I say that I'm trash all the time, like in my opinions. And like, also the fact that like, <laughs> I can barely at this point read a book to save my life, but like, I'm just, you know, knee deep and like terrible reality shows. So like I live the trash lifestyle, but like try to be a good person relatively christine quinn is not trying to be but like she could just own up to it even if it's like the character she's playing you know but she's always the victim and like i just i really can't with her but so when that happened she ended up finding my tweet and she tagged like all of my employers and basically doxed me and it was so I, i was i remember i was getting on a flight home back to new york from thanksgiving it was like right during like thanksgiving And I was more than anything, I was just like, this is fucking annoying. Like, I was like, I don't want to deal with this right when I'm getting on a plane and I can't be on my phone. Like, it was just like annoying. Like, I wasn't like, oh my God, like this sucks. I was just like, this is just so annoying. Like, leave me alone. What did your employer say about it? Did they address it? It was so funny because I actually went to we had like a new HR person at my full-time job. And so I had a meeting with her and I was like, just so you know, and this was like right when we came back from Thanksgiving, I was like, just so you know, like this happened. So like, I'm sorry if like our company got weird DMs. She like tagged every place I've ever worked and, and also tagged my profile. So I like turned my comments off and I had like five DMs total. She has like five fans total. <laughs> like it like was not bad at all, honestly. And, um, I went to our HR person and she like thought it was the funniest thing in the world. She was like, oh my God, I just finished watching the new season. That's so funny. Like she like didn't care. Like it was like not a big deal at all. But of course, like in the moment I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, it's very dramatic when they come for your employment. <laughs> she is. Well, I think at the time she had like 1.2 million followers. Like I don't know how many she has now because I don't care and I don't check her profile, but she had like over a million followers. I had something like a little over 10 K on Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of an imbalance there, but like, not that I'm defending her. I mean, you, but you did come in, you know, that is a pretty like big accusation yet at the same time, I was on those Reddit threads and I was thinking those things too about the moon bump of it all, given the evidence. Maybe I will link in the episode description what I'm talking about. The I, I don't know if the Reddit thread is still up. If it is, I'll put it in the show notes. Just read it, listeners, if you would like to get down to this it level. Was, and at the time, it was a very big conversation that was happening. Like it really, it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me, I swear. But yeah, no, my hands definitely aren't clean. I'm not going to pretend to be a victim. Um, I definitely did some shit talking and yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what? Yeah. We love a shit disturber. Like if not, we would have no, if not, we would have nothing to gossip about in the pop culture world. So do you have any times where you did tag the celebrity and they, and then they reacted from that? Oh my God. Yes. And I have never since then ever tagged a celebrity Um, and that's like, you know, I feel like that's just like the unspoken rules of like talking on Twitter or like wherever it is. It's like, don't tag the person. They don't need to see that. I know. I hate when I, so I have such a small Instagram following, but like sometimes I'll like people I'll be like talking shit or on TikTok people tag them. I'm like, don't no, That's not like, no, you don't do that. That's an instant block. If you end up tagging a celebrity, I truly am as much as I'm shit talking, like 
I, this sounds like so contradictory, but I am also trying to come from a place of like respect and like always reading myself in the process. Like, you know, so I'm not, I'm like, I'm not, this isn't trying to be like a go gang up on them type of thing. But anyway, so what, what, what was the instance you had? Oh God. So many people have asked me about this story recently. I feel like I've told it so many times recently, but this was like years ago, like before I had any sort of a following, I think I had 500 followers. And I said that in one of my replies. Um, so it must've been like 2016 or 2017. There was a story that came out about Kendall Jenner about how she let her dog bite someone and then just like left the restaurant like with her dog without apologizing. And I was like, that's so something she would do. And I just like have always hated Kendall Jenner. Like I think that she's like of all the Kardashians, she's the one that thinks she's the hottest shit ever without like actually having any minuscule amount of talent at all. Yeah. And so I just like hate her. I just like cannot stand her. And I was like, oh my God, Kendall Jenner. Like I like tagged her. I was like, just more proof that she's like an entitled like piece of shit, something like that. And Kim Kardashian, first of all, Kendall replied to my tweet and she was like, oof, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Like I hope to meet you one day and change your mind. And she's like, since then, I think she's seen my tweets talking shit about her, not tagging her, but talking shit about her so many times that she's just blocked me at this point, which is so funny. She has me blocked on Twitter. That means you've made it if you've been blocked by a Kardashian. Kim Kardashian quote tweeted me and was like, only a self-entitled, like, or self-obsessed entitled piece of shit would say these things. Kendall has anxiety. And like quote tweeted me. And so I think that Kendall was like, Kim, like you be mean to her and I'll pretend that I'm nice and like try to be the bigger person, you know? Like I could just see it in their group chat, like what they were saying. But yeah, that was like annoying because, and it was like my fault. Like I shouldn't have tagged her obviously, but it was like annoying because like Kim Kardashian's followers were like coming after me and I was just like, oh my God, this is so annoying. And then my, I wasn't going to delete my tweets because I was like, I don't dirty delete. I stand by what I said, but my work at the time, I worked for a magazine at the time and they were like, I like got in trouble at work. They were like, this makes us look bad. Fuck that place. I like don't work there anymore. And it was like the worst place to work ever. Yeah. So they made me delete my tweets, which made me look like I was dirty deleting, even though I stood by them. So yeah, I, I do not tag celebrities now since then, unless I'm saying something nice. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Love that. And it's so funny. First of all, for Kim to call someone self-absorbed. And and I mean, also like I've had that thrown at me and I'm like, yeah, I am like, I am attention seeking and self-absorbed. Like, why do you, I'm like literally listening to the sound of my own voice talk for an hour a week. Like what? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Accurate. I was like, Kim Kardashian called me self-absorbed. Like I've made it. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like, will you, what, aren't you busy, like, writing your book Selfish, which she was, like, probably, I think, maybe That's with the fun, timeline, yeah. like, working on. Yeah, Kendall Jenner, she doesn't need to do anything. When you're a certain level of hot, you don't need to have a personality or be, like, funny or whatever. Like, and she's the example of that. So, good good for her and her supermodel friend. She's thriving. Um, like existing. Yeah, I would love to, <laughs> speaking of calling people out, the next person that I wanted to bring up is... Nick Vial, who you recently wrote about in your Substack, And I just want to say that I have, I have this listenership. That's incredible. Love you guys. Obsessed with you guys, but not everyone is a Bravo fan. Not everyone's a bachelor fan. So it's like, it's this tricky thing. Like I try to toe the line and not go too far into it, but I'm like, I am, I'm a bachelor nation girly. Like that is truly who I am like I haven't watched for the most recent seasons because it's just become so it's not even like I can't even like hate watch it anymore which is like what I was doing before yeah it's just exactly exactly it's just boring but Nick Vial is so he's just a slimy guy and I in your substack um first of all (laughs) before you even wrote it um I I wrote down this quote where you like you didn't tag him but you reposted one of his videos and you wrote the way I love this condescending misogynistic loser that that's what I'm talking about, about the group chat energy. That's what you're bringing forth. So I'm like, yeah, that is exactly how I felt about him just from after his season as a bachelor, but he's just, he just gets worse over time. I like, I really cannot stand him. And it is very rare for me to get like irrationally angry 
like so like I feel like there's not a lot of rationale to it because a lot of people will read that and be like well what did he ever do to you and I'm like nothing I just fucking hate him and everything he stands for it's like just the his whole shtick of like he's just not that into you like women are just like dumbasses and like you need to be able to recognize that like this guy doesn't like you even if he gaslights you and like pretends that he does like shut the fuck up Nick like I just don't understand how a 41 year old man who's dating a 23 year old woman who has failed to find love on the bachelor franchise four times over which is like I mean, you're, I'm not saying that's the best place to find love, but he went on four different times and failed every time. Like, why is he telling anyone how to date or like giving dating advice? Like, shut up. Well, okay. So I want to 72 tattoos at once. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm ranting. No, 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 no. It's okay. I just want to like give a little bit of context for anyone who isn't kind of like privy to his like outside of bachelor nation, like activities or like, but okay. So basically brief overview, he was on the show four times and the first couple times he was like kind of I found him I found him endearing like I I I I don't know like he just seemed like I don't know just kind of nerdy and like intellectual uh-huh. and I, I liked that I was like a software salesman yeah, I was yeah. really excited for him as a bachelor then as a bachelor he was awful like had one of the best casts of just like the most like gorgeous incredible like well-round like just like just women that are like 12 out of 10s and he's uh-huh. was just would just storm out. He would cut parties short. He would mope and sulk and like, just be, just be annoying and clearly not trying to get to know any of them, but just whining about his own problems to them. Yeah. Pick, pick someone that he obviously didn't have chemistry with, but like classic bachelor move of choosing like the, the hottest, hottest one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I like hesitate to say that. Cause it was like there, it was like, um, Rachel Lindsay, like Raven, but, but you know what I mean? Like just, uh-huh. just choosing like the, you know, g- like the generic, like model looking one. Um, That's what they all do. They always pick, it doesn't matter who the lead is. They always pick someone that like, they just think is like the hottest, most out of their league, honestly, like every yeah. time. Well, if you look at the, six, if you look at long-term success rates of bachelorette, bachelor couples, it's, it's overwhelmingly I think the some of the only long-term ones besides Ari which you can barely count that as him choosing Laura like I'm not even going to count him um but but it's always the women because they're like hey they're they're probably having these conversations like hey um I'm in New York you're in LA like how are we going to make that work like you know just like logistic like life stuff like hey what are what if our like religious views are incompatible like just talking about life whereas like the people like Nick are clearly just like counting down the, the, the days until like the fantasy suite week. And then be like, yeah, nice. Like, all right, proposal time, you know? And so anyway, exactly. Since then he's gone on to have a podcast that's relationship advice. And he has a book coming out also about relationship advice and to the post that you made about missing like the way I load this condescending loser. He was, he was saying, um, I'll just sum it up like quickly. Like basically he was like, ladies like you are delusional thinking that these men are your boyfriends just because you've met his friends gone on vacation gone to the farmer's market like all these things and he goes one by one and is like they're a toothbrush like that's disgusting and no I know but I'm like I'm like those are like those are the things that build intimacy and there's no rules but like also like what a fuck boy move to be like you you're probably someone who has strung women along for like six months and you've gone you've been like oh you want to go on this vacation want to like meet my mom like all these things and then be like obviously we're not dating like I never said we were dating you know like that type of right. behavior it was like justifying it and yeah it's just so um so annoying yeah he's never like what's the word He's never like um, denouncing the men's behavior of like taking a girl on vacation if you don't want to date her. Like that's like weird behavior. Like he's not denouncing a man that would do that. He's denouncing the dumbass women who would like believe that that means something. Like he's just so misogynistic and such a fucking loser. And he's hung on. He always gets involved in like Bachelor Nation drama. Like, again, it's like I haven't kept up with the show as much because I find it so insanely boring. But like I keep up with like the big players in Bachelor Nation. Yeah. And he's always like inserting himself in drama 
and like always talking about the show and always giving his opinions. He actually tried to be the new host after Chris Harrison, but they gave it to Jesse Palmer. And he was like talking shit about Jesse Palmer and saying he wasn't qualified, even though Nick is far less qualified. And he just like is so obsessed, like with like hanging on to like Bachelor Nation. And I just like cannot stand it. Well, well, his take also is kind of like the stance of like, listen, ladies, like I know you're waiting to hear like you've probably always wondered about the man's perspective. So I'm here to tell you that. And it's like, actually, it (laughs) you think we just like are waiting to be like, oh, my God, I wonder what he's thinking. Like, not you, though, not for not fucking you. Um, And so, yeah, like he is. Um, he is the most unqualified to give relationship advice. Um, the only quote successful relationship he's had is with someone whose prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed. Cause that happens when you're 25. Oh. Um, or for some people like 41 year old Nick Val, not at all. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I actually learned some things from your article about just different like moments where he has inserted himself in other people's business. So the first one is hating on Tasha. So what the, like I'll file all of this under, like no one asked. Um, but he said she would have you in bed by eight 30. If she was the show's lead, like going like for a franchise that celebrates white male mediocrity, singling out one of like the only black women who's ever made it to like this point on the franchise and then being like, and then singling her out, like why? for what but then like he always just like he can't like he's just like waiting till he can get to the gas lady part so then he like then there's backlash and then he goes she was very mad at me for that which I was like is that bad great humans just aren't great for tv and I stand by that I heard from Tasha a handful of other times which I was like how does that even bother you I don't understand that was just me supporting Claire Tasha's great like, oh my God. See, like, that's what he does. That's what he does. Like he'll say some inflammatory comment and then be like, what? I like, didn't do anything. Like shut the fuck up, Nick. It also came out that I guess, by the way, sorry, my computer charger keeps like unplugging. So it's making that noise. But, um, he also apparently came out that like with Vanessa, he said something along the lines of, Oh, I thought like when they first hooked up, he said he was like disappointed by her like boob size. Like he Classic. thought the, push- the push-up bras that she wore were like deceiving or deceptful or deceptive, deceptful, deceptive. Like he thought her boobs were going to be bigger and- when he saw her naked and was disappointed. Like This is the world we live in of like people where people are getting mad at you for you, Sophie, for like speaking up about this and Yet we're like giving Nick Vial like time and attention and money and a platform to like take even if, even if anyone's listening who's like not ever watched The Bachelor, just Google a photo of Vanessa Grimaldi for like just a visual representation of how wildly out of his league yeah. she was, and to be like you're disappointing your tits like you had that thought, you thought it was valid, you thought it was valid enough to say it out loud to the public, like fuck right off um by the way shout out to my it's just like absurd yeah shout out to my montreal queen vanessa um we love we love to see yeah yeah yeah. we love to see canadians make their way onto mainstream (laughs) mainstream american bachelor because ours is a little busted our canadian bachelor um franchise (laughs) but i've never heard about it no of course i it's like it's the most like low budget basically anytime someone's hot and interesting enough they pluck them from the canadian franchise and they put them in the american one so it's like not even like it's not it's not good um yeah so anyway shout out to the montreal representation on the show um yeah also like works with like special needs kids just like just runs a charity like so so above me on anyway not just yeah. in looks but in everything um the next yeah, the next true. the next instance that you brought up uh bes- i mean besides just his general body of work of uh, his career of like relationship advice was him calling out katie thurston and so i i'm actually like i'm not the biggest katie thurston fan i wasn't super into her on the show or like her season, but whatever. She's just not my cup of tea. Not in a way that I need to like, not like 
she's problematic. I just, whatever. She's just not my, she's not my girl that I'm rooting for. Um, but this is so funny. So he said that she wasn't, here's the quote. She wasn't like terrible. She just wasn't as warm as she should, as she would be say with Ryan Reynolds. First of all, every mediocre straight man lusts after Ryan Reynolds. It's the funniest thing to me. Um, he's just like catnip to the straight, like male gaze or something. Uh, he he brought up like Ryan Reynolds. He was in that quote. I think he was talking about Kelly Ripa. Oh, oh my God. Oh, you're right. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, this is, that. that's my next quote. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. No, he was yeah. talking about Kelly Ripa, but still just, I love, there was a couple quotes where he was talking about Ryan Reynolds and I just love it. It's like his North star, but anyway, that's besides the point, but like, yeah, yeah he, he yeah. was, he was dissing Kelly Ripa for being cold, but then about Katie kind of said sort of the same thing. Okay. So he called, basically he kept talking shit about Katie um, oh. on his podcast and on his show and Katie said, um, hey, like, just so you know, like, people are finding things that you're saying about me and, like, sending them my way and they're finding it really weird. Um, and his response, which, like, he shared all of this was, how great that you have fans that care about you. Don't take it personally. <laughs> and then his poor girlfriend who, like, I don't know. I just have sympathy on for her because she's 23. She always gets involved. No. And then she goes and then she yeah. responded. She, she added her take into... I know for a fact, Nick has only ever tried to help her give her advice, which he's never taken. So I'm just confused. And like, yeah, he just, both of them were like, we're just so confused. Like we're just trying to help you. No one, no one, no one asked. No one asked. He was just giving her, he was condescendingly giving her unsolicited advice about her dating life. And she was like, but also in such a rude way that fans kept being like, Hey, you know, this is happening. And he's like, what? I was just trying to help you. Like, don't you want to be helped? Yeah. I'm so confused. He was like, what? I was just giving advice. Yeah. Yeah. I have like. Him and his him and his girlfriend were talking shit about Katie like multiple, many times. And then when Katie finally just like blocked him and like made some comment about blocking him when someone asked, I think. I can't remember exactly how it went down. Like, that's when he like freaked out and like went on like a rant about her. It's like, what did you expect? Yeah. Like, I just can't with him. I cannot stand him. I, I don't know. I just appreciate and value the people of the world that are like, if you're going to be a scumbag, like you can kind of make your way into my heart. If you're like, if you just own that you're a scumbag, like not make your way into my heart fully that I'll like love it, but I'll at least be like, okay, you know what? I respect you. Just like being like, Hey, this is who I am. Like, and- Hanks. Hanks. oh God. <laughs> Well, like, okay, the yeah, actually, uh, the one redeeming thing You're I can like, say- that's a stretch, that's a stretch. No, 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 <laughs> but but the one redeeming quality of Chad Hanks, yeah, is that he is just like he fully owns it. Although I don't think he's fully aware that what he's doing is problematic. Like well, he's like well. he's like, yeah, I talk in a Jamaican accent. Like I don't see the issue, and it's like, okay, like, uh, but honestly, the 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 onus doesn't fall on him. I think it falls on his parents for naming him Chet because it just kind of like set, yeah, it just like, like what did they expect? like yeah, what did you like? You know, it's like. um it's like, yeah, Chet, like, that's what you're going to get. And, oh, my God, what's their other? Colin? Is is their other son? Colin Hanks, yeah. yeah and he's they, actually, like, a decent actor, I think. Colin is a Colin. Chet is a Chet. Yeah. Like, they are the most, like, it, it's like some kind of study needs to be done on, like, how your name, like, helps determine your fate. Because it's, like, Colin Hanks, just this, like, nerdy, kind of, like, upstanding guy, like, good actor. And Chet is, like, yo, yo, yo. Like, <laughs> just so like hilariously wild yeah so that's like someone needs to like put them in a lab or something and figure that out but yeah that's how your name it's like nature versus nurture but also like yeah how your name shapes who you are as a person well there is actually a whole like science of it like there's like a disproportionate number of geologists with the first name that starts with g that's just like one example that i have like that's so random that's my random random fact of the day but like I don't know they'll or they'll be like dentists their name like tooth like Dr. Tooth or whatever like just there's things I think there is a bit of that involved but like the (laughs) the the like mascots of that study need to be the Hank sons like because yeah that's that's its own thing seriously yeah well actually when I was thinking of people that own their shit like I 
am not a Jax Taylor fan, but at least when he was on the show, like I did appreciate, I will like in the same way that I appreciate Chad Hanks, like owning a shit, just be like, yeah, like I am a piece of shit. Like, it, I'm yeah. a work in progress. Well, I'm a work actually, in progress. actually, as I'm saying that I, I'm, yeah, now I'm remembering all the times where, um, he would say I'm a work in progress and I'm I'm trying and everything and it's like saying that every that season it was at every reunion he'd be like I'm a work in progress and then literally the next season he would be the exact same doing the exact same but, shit like but then stuff. but then at the same time like you think back to like season two and it's like you know him being like yeah, yeah I fucked your girlfriend like yeah yeah no you're right you're right you know I like just being that. like maybe well this is like taking it to like psychopath levels would be like satisfy your girlfriend you wouldn't have that problem like just like (laughs) you know what like if anything I can say he owns it and he makes great tv or he used to make great tv for us oh my god amazing tv Vanderpump has never will never be the same but it was just something that had to be done him fired that being said I am cautiously optimistic for season 10 me too because of all the breakups exactly because yeah. everyone's single Same. so single lala single james who else single katie yeah like katie and I, Schwartz, james and Merkel, um and lala and randall all uh, all broken up well uh-huh. the only one we won't see on screen is randall we don't right. need to see him yeah, we don't on my screen that. no but um yeah i mean the only thing that's missing is i would actually like to see Jax and Brittany back on the show just seeing Jack's trying to like navigate a world where Schwartz is single and they could just fuck off to like Vegas and like go to town but like Jax is doing his like leave it to beaver cosplay and like you know like I would love to see that tension so that is something I'm sad about but I am like I am excited for season 10. I am too. I actually was talking about that with my coworker today. We were like, oh, I wasn't my coworker. Yeah, we were talking about how um, last season was just like disappointing and how like Southern Charm has been a little bit disappointing too. But like with Vanderpump, it's just like we have high hopes for next season because of all of the breakups. Like I really genuinely do. Like I'm excited. Oh, yeah. We have never seen single Katie and actually not I didn't predict it but it's funny because the night before their divorce announcement I recorded I recorded this Patreon episode called the Vanderpump Rules Symposium where we like got together we were like doing shots like just Uh like just and just getting into like the psyche of Vanderpump Rules and I think we spent like I don't know how long a good 45 minutes to an hour just like lifting Katie up and like praying for like her to leave Schwartz and then also Uh being like but it feels like there's a vibe like maybe they already are broken up like trying to piece together like little bits of like energy we saw in like this photo he took with Stassi and like and and then the next morning divorce true yeah true and and I was just like you know what prayer does work God is good yeah yeah totally no it was it was just this moment of being like oh my god this this is wow yeah this is incredible 10 10 years of like the work like not even satisfying anymore to watch because it was just like depressing like yeah never like actually in love in my opinion I think they were both very 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 comfortable and I thought that they would be too they would both be too lazy to ever like go through with the divorce they were like we're comfortable we're roommates you know it's well, whatever but like, it's like eventually you know they did well I knew Schwartz was never ever gonna do it I mean he can't even like get his you know he he, he can't no he can't no he cannot even he can't function he can't do one bartending yeah. shift but I, my hope, because I knew that Katie was just really like driven by, you know, creating a family, all that stuff. So I was ho- I, like worried she would maybe uh-huh. get like a little sidetracked, like blinded by that because the whole like Vanderpump baby way. But she, uh-huh. no, she, she came through and I loved, I loved how they were open and honest and about, about, but also how both of them and Schwartz, he was like, yeah, Katie left me and like this, it is what it is, you know? And I was like, okay, you know what? Good for you guys for like, you're not trying to be like, oh, we both want to separate. He's like, no, she left me like this is, and she's like, yeah. And I left him and it was just like, oh my God, <laughs> just. Yeah. Yeah. Katie like, did a bunch of podcasts about it. Like oh, right I've listened away. to them all. I've listened to all. Yeah. Them. So, you know, that she was just like, I was just like, 
feeling really depressed. And I was like, what is the reason that I'm feeling so depressed? And then finally she was like, I, I didn't want to admit it. And then, you know, yeah. I just had to come to my senses and she was like, I chose myself. And I was like, wow, good for you. Yeah. She's an inspiration to us all. Um, Sophie, it has been so wonderful having you on the pod. I know we've gone a little over time, but just, I want to thank you so much. Oh my God. This was, no, this was so, so fun. fun. Yeah. So fun. Um, before I go for anyone who's not already connected, tell everyone where they can find you. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I had the best time. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sofros with four S's at the end. I think that's also my TikTok. It, it'll name. all be, it'll all be linked. It'll all be linked. Okay. The, like yeah. that's also my TikTok name. I think, but like, I'm still getting the hang of TikTok. So like, you don't have to follow me there. Instagram. I'm so underscore Ross. You can, um, subscribe to my Substack at sophieross.substack.com. And that's where I just like put out all of my strong opinions into words and my season two of my podcast so true with sophie ross is coming back beginning of september and um i do mondays on the podcast so bad it's good with ryan bailey and we dive into like all things pop culture there so yeah yeah okay amazing well thank you so much sophie and uh yeah i'll see you around thank you emily this was so fun likewise au revoir mes amours